Hey there, I'm Gina Keeping, ex-classroom teacher turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And not too long ago, overwhelm and stress was my norm. Now I have created a life where I help others find their passions by giving women the runway to take that one day daydream to a thriving business. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast, where each week I bring you an inspiring person or message where we talk about all things life and business related, where our conversations are real, the information is inspiring, there's a splash of fun, lots of laughs, and we dive into life lessons and the deep conversations about all the things. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you like today's podcast. Oh my goodness, I am so excited about today's episode. I talked with Allison Butler and we talked about so many things, but the most important topic that we chatted about, which is really near and dear to both of our hearts, is mental health. We shared some tips, tools, and strategies on how to better your mental health, what to do if you have somebody in your life that's struggling with mental health, and so many more gold nuggets. I truly believe this conversation needs to happen more I'm so passionate about changing the narrative on how we speak about mental health and how we treat mental health. Go grab yourself a cup of tea and tune in to today's episode with Allison Butler. You're going to love it. Well, welcome, welcome, Allison Butler. I am so excited that you are here. Woohoo, me too. <laughs> I'm so giddy. Like, I cannot tell you how happy I'm here. And normally what I do to start is I just ask you to introduce yourself. But today is a very special day for you. And we strategically booked our podcast interview for this day. And I don't want to share your news. I want you to be the one to share it. But why did we book our podcast for today? So today is my first day as a full-time business owner and entrepreneur after many, many, many years of working my business on the side of a full-time job. I am a little emotional here for you because I know how much work you've put into this Um, And I'm so freaking proud of you. So proud of you. And I'm so glad that you're here sharing with my podcast listeners how you've done it and all the gold nuggets that you're going to share today. I'm so excited too. (laughs) Can't wait. But before we do that, let's just do a quick introduction. Can you tell our listeners who you are and what it is that you do? Okay, I'd be delighted to. My name is Allison Butler. I am a business owner. <laughs> Feels really good to say that. Say it again, say it again. <laughs> I am a business owner. Um, and uh, my focus is as a mental health, I'm calling myself a mentor, a mental health and well being mentor, and a mental health first aid trainer. And we'll talk about my journey of how I got to this, but um, really helping people um, support themselves and support others with their brain health. Oh, I love that. And it's such a much needed focus that we are going to really dive into today. Um, So thank you for sharing that. But for those people who are listening and might be saying, oh, great, she's gone full time in her business. Um, It hasn't been an easy journey for you. This has been a long time coming, a lot of work. Can you share with our listeners your journey on how you got to where you are today? 
<laughs> oh my gosh. This might be the whole podcast. <laughs> it's totally okay. This part is the most important part because it gives people hope. And it shows people that they too can go for what they want. So you take as long as you need. Okay. Well, Gina, honestly, I've always been an entrepreneur. I I can't remember um, a time when I wasn't doing some kind of business venture on the side. And by the way, I have heard out there in the world, people say that you're not an entrepreneur. If that's not the only thing you're doing, I think that's total bullshit. So anyone out there who's listening, like, no, if you have a dream and a hope and the way that you can do it is on the side of something else, you do that. Yes. Um, so I have had businesses of all different sorts of businesses um, for as long as I can remember. Um, and I had a career job, uh, as well that I had for 15 years. Um, and I really loved that job. I'm not going to lie. Um, I was really good at it and I was passionate about the things that I was doing because I was helping people. I felt like I was making a difference. Um, I was speaking and training very much like what I do now. I got to be in front of people, um, teaching and sharing and all of those amazing things. And I loved it. And anyone who has met me over all of that time period would tell you, Allison's great at her job. She's very passionate about her work. Um, I think people saw me doing that forever. And I saw myself doing that forever. But there was always this piece or this other side of me, right? That um, had this sort of hope and dream of wanting to do my own thing and not being tied down to someone else's uh, structure, someone else's rules. Um, And the older I get, I think, um, the more that has just sort of bubbled up to the surface. Yeah. Um, you know, I became a mom, then my children, you know, like I have my own life. I'm very much all about, you know, my life not being all about my children and trying to find that balance of being still a person myself. Um, but, but they obviously have, you know, a big part in my life. And I just found myself wanting to structure my life differently that even though I had a lot of flexibility in my job, it just doesn't really work in the nine to five world like that. Um, And the other thing that has been a real catalyst for me of how I got here, um, besides all of that stuff and and wanting something different for myself was um, I was doing my job. I felt like I was really good at it, but um, I was up there in front of people teaching and training about something that I didn't live as an experience myself. Ooh. And I was really good at it. And, but I always, always felt like there was this piece missing. So other people, other people that I worked with who did have that lived life experience, you know, they were maybe not as charismatic as me. They maybe weren't as good of a speaker as me. They maybe didn't engage the audience the way that I could, but I could see that that's what people resonated with. And I was like, I don't have that. I can never have that. No matter how good I am, 
I can't be that lived experience of something that I don't have. And just for a side note, for anyone who's listening, I worked with a local nonprofit, a disability organization. And so I didn't have that lived experience. Um, And then I found something that I did have experience with. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. I just got goosebumps because I know what's coming. Like I know sharing your story. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, and and then from a very early point, it was like everything in my life has been preparing me to do this. That's what it felt like. Ooh, what a lesson, though, to really take a look at your hardships, because there were a lot of hardships that got you to where you are today. And it took those hardships for you to be, oh, my goodness, this is going to be the thing that pushes me forward, not holds me back. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. So did you want to share that piece with our listeners? Like for those who were like, well, what is she talking about? What is that lived experience? And how did that help her create her business? Did you want to share a little bit about your journey on what gave you that life experience to be where you are today? Yeah, I would love to. Um, So probably about five years ago now, uh, I started not feeling well. I call it now when I train, I say I didn't feel like the best version of myself. Right. And I didn't know what was going on with me, but I knew from a lot of self-reflection and understanding myself, which we might get to after, um, I knew that I I wasn't good and I felt physically ill. There's all these things going on. So I started this exploration process. I was going to medical appointments. I was going to doctors. Um, I was having a lot of physical testing saying, what's going on with me? And no one was really finding a solution to a physical problem. They were saying, like, no, you're great. Like, everything's good, Allison. And I was saying, no, no, no. Yeah, there's something wrong. Yes. So at the end of that journey, um, we got to to a place where I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. Um, It was not some, it was, I was in my mid 30s then. I had two children, but I was kind of past that stage where I might have in my mind expected postpartum depression. Like it just came at a time where I was like, what is, what is going on? And I didn't have maybe what people think of as the most typical signs and symptoms, or at least I didn't, I didn't recognize them to be so. Um, And so I had no idea. But as soon as I received that diagnosis, Gina, I felt a huge sense of relief. People might be like, what? Like, why would that be so relieving? But as soon as someone said words to me, it was like, okay, I can understand this. This is treatable. This is something that I can work on in my own life. This is something that I can take and run with. And I guess that probably works well with my personality, (laughs) right? But I just felt so much relief. It was like, okay, let's talk about this. I actually cried in the doctor's office and she thought I was upset because of the stigma around mental health. And she started to say like, no, this is okay. You know, this is really common. This is treatable. And I don't even remember if I said anything to her about that, but I was crying from relief. Right. And it's just like this knowing that, okay, it's something that I can work with. Like you said, it's not 
Because the more we don't know, the more we're like, how do I even deal with something that I have no idea what it is? So I, I can totally understand that through my own journey as well, just knowing and going, okay, now that I know I can work with it, I can try new strategies, I can treat it. It gives you that sense of relief. I totally get that. Yeah. And then from there, very, very early on in that journey of me starting to figure out what was going to work for me, I knew very early that, oh, this is, this is what I'm meant to do now. I can take all of my skills as a speaker. Yeah. I can take all of my skills of being on stages and talking to people and supporting people and I can yes. channel that into my business. That is beautiful. And you said a couple of really, uh, really cool things there that I really wanted to kind of dig a little bit deeper. Um, when you said that your signs were not the typical signs for our listeners who, as you're sharing your story, might see a little piece of what they're going through. What are the signs that you had that indicated um, anxiety, depression, and the journey that you were about to go on? Like, what were those warning signs? Sure. I see them all now so clearly. And we yeah. actually, this is, this is part of the mental health first aid course, actually, which is why I'm so happy to um, be a trainer for that because it just helps in different ways. But um, okay. So some of my big symptoms, um, I expected to feel sad, mm -hmm. right? That's what I thought depression was. Um, I expected to be at a place where I struggled to get up out of bed or like didn't want to go through the motions of my day. And that is the reality for some people. But right. that's what I expected it to have to look like. Instead, my symptoms were more around um, irritability. I was extremely irritable. I was becoming overwhelmed by a lot of things that I didn't feel like should be overwhelming me. Right. It was like, it was like, I can't handle this, but yet I rationally, I know that this isn't something that should be upsetting me, but I'm having a very extreme response. Mm -hmm. My doctor actually said little things feel like big things, which was a great description of Ooh, that. I really like that. Yeah. yeah. She was fantastic. I'm very fortunate that I had a very good experience with my family doctor. That as is well, really good because not everybody has that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so irritability, feeling overwhelmed by things. And actually, I've been doing well. It's sometimes hard for me to think back to what that was like. Um, the other thing uh, was brain fog, like oh, yeah. having a yeah, having a really difficult time focusing and concentrating on what I was trying to do. And um, as a high performer and a high achiever in my work, that was so frustrating for oh, me. Oh, I can imagine. So frustrating. It's like, I can't understand why I can't make my brain do what I want it to do right now. And um, even the comparison of that, because I guarantee that you were able to look at points in your life and you were like, I was able to be high functioning. I never had this before. And then you're beating yourself up because you're in this state where you can't do what you normally do. Yeah, it was really frustrating. Yeah. Um, and I think I, you know, I was very proactive about it. Like this could have gone on and I can see this in other people. 
it could have gone on for years. Right. Right. But I was like, no, no, I'm having none of this. Like this is (laughs) right. Um, So those were my big ones. And the other one that was maybe a little bit more subtle that I didn't really probably understand until later. One of the great things is a lot of people talk to me about their mental health now, which I love um, just by the nature of the work that I'm doing. And I hear a lot of people describe it as a numbness. Yeah. So like not a sadness per se, but a numbness numbness of just sort of like not caring about things in the way that you used to. And that one I definitely had it just, but it's like, it's like subtle. It's like, not like one day I just woke up and was like, well, I don't care about things. No, you know? it's this gradual it happening. This gradual thing that I kind of didn't notice happening yeah. to me, but it was like just the enthusiasm and the energy that I bring to life and the joy that I have for things. It's like, it just slowly started slipping away and I didn't care or I couldn't be bothered. And so those were all of my symptoms. And again, everybody's experience is unique because we all have a brain and no two of our brains are the same. And that's that's difficult. Um, My anxiety symptoms are maybe a little bit less. So I'm kind of just like in this in-between place, maybe. Um, I I sometimes still wake up where I'll have what I call just sort of like an off day for me. And um, sort of like I just feel restless in my own skin. Yeah, like something's off. You just feel like something's off. Um, I'm really glad that you shared that because I do feel a lot of people when they think of anxiety and depression, they think it's the extreme. So all these symptoms that they're having I mean, I felt the same way exactly as you did. Oh, it can't be this because it's not as severe in what I have my mind convinced that it should look like. So for listeners who are maybe listening to this and going, oh my goodness, like I just ticked all the boxes the same as you. How do you start that process of actually going and having that conversation? Because a lot of people are very reluctant, as you know, to take that first step and to move forward. What advice would you have for them if they're listening and saying, oh my goodness, maybe I should go talk to somebody? Yeah. Okay. So it needs to be an individual experience for you if this is something that you're thinking about. Um, I would encourage people to really sit back and reflect. Mm -hmm. How am I feeling? How long have I been feeling like this? And I'm pulling some of my mental health first aid skills here. (laughs) We do talk about that a little bit in the course yes. as well. Um, so I'm giving you a sneak peek. Um, how long have I been feeling like this? And how is it impacting my life? Ooh. Right? Because it's not, very, for most of us, it's not just about us. It's also about all of the people around us. 100%. So a big motivating factor for me was my children, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, I was working really hard to try to keep myself together at work because that was my personality. It was like, I don't want my work yes. to be affected by whatever is going on with me here right now. So I was expending a lot of extra energy, mental and physical at work. And then I had nothing left when I came home. So mm-hmm. my family was getting the worst part of me. Yeah. Um, so step one is to really kind of take that 
self-reflection time. And that's hard. And I think a lot of us don't want to do it. Yeah. We push it away. We ignore, we make ourselves busy so that we don't have to have the quiet to think about how we're feeling because it's scary and it sucks. (laughs) And it's easier to ignore than to acknowledge. Yes. And then the second part is to talk to somebody. So normally as a first step, that might be a family doctor. Yeah. Um, Talk about how you're feeling. I said, you know, a couple of minutes ago that I feel very fortunate that I had an experience where I went to the doctor on a day when I was having a particularly bad day. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like myself. She had been my family physician for my entire life. Oh, wow. Yeah, since I was born. <laughs> She's That's retired cool. now. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, she could see then at that point yes. that I was very off, right? And I started describing really what was going on with me. Um, so, so it could be a family doctor. It could be um, a counselor. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are resistant about counseling, but I always encourage, like, it's a, think about it as just a neutral third party of someone to talk to about stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what I tell a lot of my clients too, um, is I look at it as a gym for your brain. Like you go to the gym for your body. Like why not go to a gym for your brain where you can actually talk it out, figure out what's missing, add the nutrition piece, add the exercise, but for your brain. Like I really want to normalize this conversation where we are talking just as naturally about mental health as we are about physical, because I feel so many people get lost in the attempt of hiding everything that they're feeling because of the pressures, the expectations, the stigmas. And so many people are living in a shell. They go to work, like you say, and myself included, you go to work, you pretend everything's okay. It's all the energy that you have. You come home. And you don't have anything left for the people who really matter the most. Yeah. And then, and then what are we doing if we're not giving the best of ourselves to ourselves and the people that matter most, right? Like, yes. what's that about? I've spent years working on this, right? Yeah. And well, so I, I feel like... Have, so it was like, it, we've come to a point where we can sit back and see what we were doing and the impact it's had. But the other thing too, is that where we're putting most of our energy is a place where we are so replaceable. I'm nodding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the podcast. Oh yes. I have yeah. to speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so I think I'm thinking back, you know, if you're at the really beginning stage of this journey, um, a doctor, a counselor, particularly if you have that covered under, you know, healthcare insurance or anything yeah. that you have, like, if you don't feel like the best version of yourself, what do you have to lose by exactly. talking to somebody, right? It's scary. Yes. Um, but I like to imagine that we all want to be the best version of ourselves. 100%. And, you know, if it's not those two things, start with talking to a friend or a family member, ideally someone who has mental health first aid training. And we're starting to see more and more of that, which I'm really happy about. That's amazing. Someone that understands how to listen and how to have that conversation with you. Mental health first aiders are not there to tell you what to do, but we're there to listen and be a support. And maybe that's a good starting point. So it's to find somebody to talk to and start 
saying, I don't feel good. And I, there's something here that I want to explore. And just keep in mind for everybody. I know some people might be out there listening to me and going, this all sounds like me. Yeah. Keep in mind that there's a lot of physical things that cause symptoms too. You know, I recently went through um, a phase where I was feeling really tired and it was sort of like, oh, I'm, I'm back in like maybe a more of a depressive state, um, like what's going on with my mental health. And I went and had some testing done and it turned out that my iron levels were like non-existent. Oh my goodness. Right. It may not always be mental health, but we have to keep that in the picture. Absolutely. And talk to somebody who can help you figure that out. You know, don't go to Google, <laughs> go and speak to somebody, your, you know, your, your healthcare provider who can actually sit down and help you navigate it. And don't wait too long. I feel, you know, a lot of people wait till it's too late or they get that huge blast where it hits you so hard and you're like, oh my goodness, what happened? But all those warning signs were, um, you know, presenting itself all along the way. Um, so in terms of, let's just say there's somebody listening and they have somebody that they love who is maybe experiencing anxiety or depression and someone reaches out to them because they listen to this podcast and they're like, okay, I'm going to talk to somebody. How would you recommend somebody who um, may not be trained in mental health first aid, um, but somebody they love might be experiencing some uh, symptoms of mental distress? How would you recommend um, somebody listen or hold that space for someone that they love? Oh, this is such a great question. And I actually have so many people who approach me about this. And I know that it's something that many, many, many of us um, are experiencing in our lives. So it's very common. So if you feel alone in that, you are not. Um, a couple of things. I actually, it's funny, I actually made a little post about this yesterday because it was on my mind. And then I opened it up and I said, oh, like Gina wants to ask me about this too. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, one thing that I don't think is maybe what we would think of is that in order to hold space for somebody else, we have to have supports in place for ourselves. Oh yeah, that's a good one. And people don't realize that, right? And yeah. But if we're supporting someone in our um, close to us, a partner, a spouse, a child, a lot of people experience that as well. If we're supporting a child that may be experiencing um, some mental health challenges or, or might be going through some things, we love those people that we're close to. We want to be there for them. It can take a lot of mental and sometimes physical energy for us. And so a really important piece of mental health first aid and also just supporting someone is to make sure you have supports in place for yourself. So what does that look like mm -hmm. practically? It means um, if I'm a supporter, then I also have counseling support or somebody to talk to who's not that person that I'm no, supporting. Right. <laughs> right? This is really, really important. And people just totally miss out on this. Um, I, I've talked to so many people recently, they're focused on getting the supports yeah. for the person that they care about. Of course. And I'm like, no, no, well, not no. Yes. <laughs> yes, but we got let's back it up a step. And then I'll exactly. always say, What about you? What do yeah. you have in place? That's right. Because this is probably not going anywhere anytime soon. No. Working on our mental health is a lifetime journey. 
And so that's really, really important. So I want people to know that. Um, Have some supports in place for yourself. Mm -hmm. So counseling, someone to talk to, a really solid self-care routine. Gina can help with that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And whatever that looks like for you. But that's got to be in place and something that you're committed to because we can't support other people without having the room within ourselves to support somebody. Yeah. It's so, so important and really gets overlooked. I think Mm -hmm. Um, a second thing that I would encourage is take mental health first aid training. It is so practical so, so practical. I really don't even care if people take the training with me, just take it. Do it. it. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. Um, And I say that to people all the time because the skills that you learn in that training is how to have a conversation with somebody about mental health. And it's so important. Yeah. And it's like, what words do I use? How do Mm -hmm. I start the conversation? How do I encourage somebody to get supports? And it's fantastic training. So I think that's a really good one. If you don't have the training, my main tip is to listen. Yeah, don't try to fix it. Just listen, hold the space. Most of us are helpers. We want to help. We mean well. And there's very often, and I, I include myself in this category. This is something that I'm still really working on because it's often the hardest with the people that we're close to, right? Children, spouses, like, oh, well, I think you should do this, or I think you should do that. Or, um, no, no, we're there to listen and try to really understand what somebody is going through. And then maybe help them see that they're not the best version of themselves right now. But the language that we use in that conversation is so, so important. I would agree. And sometimes what happens is people dismiss because they they don't understand. But if, uh, and this is just from my opinion, and please correct me uh, if you don't agree, but not saying to a person like, just get over it, or my goodness, you're some sensitive, or I can't believe that really hurt you. Like if people are coming to you and trying to open a dialogue with you, how you respond is huge. And oftentimes people respond and they put their backs up and they take it personal. But if somebody is trusting you enough to say, this is how I'm feeling, you know, what you did hurt me, or um, this is how I'm feeling about the situation, or I am feeling anxious, or I'm like, and people are using that vocab It's so important not to shut that down and redirect because you don't understand. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll add to that. Yeah. um, Just in terms of helping someone close to us, I think it's also important to realize that in some situations, um, we might really want to help. Yeah. But maybe we are not the person that our partner, spouse, child wants to open up to. Yeah. And that is very, very difficult. I think that's a hard load to bear, but I think we have to recognize that sometimes it's harder to talk to um, the people that we're close to. It might be for some people and it may not, but I always say that in my training, we have to remember 
we might want to support someone, but they may not want to open up to us. No, but we can encourage. Yeah, we can encourage the other supports talking to someone, finding someone to talk to, helping the person figure out what's going to help them. And if you have somebody who was resistant, let's just say um, there's somebody listening now and they're like, I have somebody who I love who has come to me, um, who is definitely struggling. I'm trying to hold this space. I'm encouraging them to go and speak to somebody, but they are resistant. They want nothing to do with it. How can you then support the person you love? This is such a tough question, Gina, and I might not have the answer that everybody's looking for. Yeah. Um, this this is, happens all the time. Yeah. Particularly the resistance around counseling. There's still a lot of stigma around that for some reason um, that I would like to try to help change. But, you know, one Definitely. day at a time. It's only my first day. <laughs> <laughs> On day 10, I'll have that one done. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say it's my first day. I've been doing this for a couple of years now, but it's yes. my first full day. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's very difficult. Um, and unless someone is in a crisis mode, we actually have to respect their need to not maybe seek help and then just continue encouraging. And just keep in mind, it's a journey for people. It's very easy for me to sit here and say, yeah, you know, go find someone to talk to. It's fantastic. Mm. But, you know, I recognize that, you know, this is a journey I've been on for quite a few years now. And I've worked on myself a lot. And a lot of people are not there yet. And you have to meet people where they are. And I think the big thing is helping people, again, coming back to that impact, not just like you seem really down, right? <laughs> or are you having a bad day? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But how is it impacting their life, right? Yeah. I'm concerned about you because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't seem to be enjoying the things that you used to enjoy. There's so many skills that we learn in mental health first aid around those conversations. Um, But we can't force someone to get help unless they're in a crisis mode. Um, But we continue to encourage. We continue to listen. Yeah. Um, And I think that that's sometimes the quickest way to get people to a point of support is um, to listen. Yeah. Listening. I I love that. Very simple. Hold a space. Don't try to fix a problem. Um, you brought up so many gold nuggets and I want to go back to one of the things that, um, that you said, um, you mentioned about the habits that you do. Are your habits different today than what they were prior to when you were feeling your symptoms? Like, do you have things that you do very differently now, um, to set yourself up for success? Whereas maybe you were doing things that were contributing to the problem and making it worse. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I'm very much still a work in progress and I'm all about real talk. So I'll be the first person to say that, right? I am a work in progress. I am not perfect. This is something that I still work on all the time. Um, One big thing that I think that I have worked on a fair bit, um, two things actually. The first thing is just trying to meet myself where I am. Oh, I love so, that. So, you know, I, I've talked about, I'm a high achiever. I've got a hundred things going on every day. <laughs> I am working on that about slowing down a little bit. Um, yeah. And also if I wake up 
and I can feel it because that's what happens sometimes now, even though I manage very well, I take medication. um, I have lots of kind of coping things that I do for my mental health. We can know what to do, but sometimes it is still there. And it sometimes appears at the most inopportune moments. Like there's (laughs) days when I wake up and I'm like, oh, really today? Like, no, (laughs) this wasn't part of the plan. Um, and so being kind to myself, like if I wake up and I'm like, this feels like it might be an off day that, okay, maybe I'm not going to accomplish all of the things on my checklist today. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to move forward. I will do things that I know will hopefully help me feel a little bit better, but you know, maybe this is not going to be my 10 out of 10 day and that's okay. Yep. So that's the first thing. The second thing that has made a huge difference to me is my recognition that I need support um, to achieve what I'm trying to achieve. So what I mean about that is for anyone who experiences mental health challenges, um, doing the things that we know can help us feel better often feel like a huge mountain. So for example, going for a walk is an amazing way that often will help me completely shift my mood if I'm not feeling well. However, (laughs) yes. So I know that rational Allison's brain knows that. (laughs) However, when I'm not in a good mental space, doing that, the act of putting on shoes and coat and exiting Mm -hmm. the house can feel like a massive gigantic hurdle to overcome and that's my real talk that is very much still my day-to-day often it's like oh I'm just gonna do I'm going but I'm just gonna do this one more thing and then this one more thing turns into something else and something else and then next thing I know it's three hours later it's dark I'm like I'm not gonna go now I'll do it tomorrow And that's, that's the reality. And I know that's a lot of people's reality. So a huge piece for me, something that I'm working on um, talking about more in kind of my own programming and the things that I put out there into the world, because I'm all about being real, is having the support of an accountability partner. Yes. So my accountability partner is my husband. For anyone who's um, single or maybe doesn't have someone who's so supportive, there's maybe a few extra roadblocks there, but there's always a way to an accountability partner. And that has been huge for me on my own mental wellness journey of having someone that will strongly encourage me in those moments when my brain is not um, cooperating, maybe we'll say. Um, But we know what will help, right? And it's that strong encouragement to help me get past my mental blocks. So those are two really big things that have made a huge impact um, for me. And all of the rest of that kind of habits, I'm still working on. And I like to believe that now that I'm a full-time business owner and I have a little bit more control over my own schedule, I'm hoping that some of those things I'll be able to implement a little bit more. So now that you have this clean slate, really, and you can be the designer of your day, what new tools would you like to implement now that you think would make a difference? Oh, 
I'm so excited. Um, I've been working on incorporating exercise into my day um, every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until now, I've been pretty good, but it really depends on the day. So I'm yeah. making a more conscious commitment to that. Um, and two other things that I feel really strongly will support my mental well-being, but that I've struggled with um, incorporating a little bit up until this point is journaling yeah. um, and meditation. And Huge. yeah, and I know those things can help me and support me, um, but I've been very on and off about it. I actually love writing. I'm, I'm really excited. I've been saying for years, I just want to journal. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, I I have found it kind of difficult to weave that into my days. Um, you know, for lots of different reasons. I have all the excuses and all of those things. (laughs) Um, but those are two things that I'm hoping um now that I have a little bit more control over what my day looks like, that those are two things that Mm -hmm. I will be doing more of. Maybe still not every day. We'll see. Well, my motto is progress over perfection. So I really try to let go of this needs to be perfect thing. And I know you already know this, but when I was going through um my struggles, my morning routine is what saved me. It really was the catalyst for my change in terms of my mental health. Um, so the journaling, the meditations, the affirmations, uh, and Jock Gina at the time uh, was very resistant to all of those things. But I really believe that those tools in your toolkit can be such a pivotal thing to help you move your mindset. Um, and I really appreciate you keeping it real and to be honest about your struggles because we all have them. I still struggle. There's still times when I'm like, oh my goodness, it's a hard day. And how do I navigate it? So thank you for sharing all that. That's amazing. Oh, this is my Allison thing is that if you meet me, I'm going to be real talking about mental health, talking mm-hmm. about what works, what doesn't. This is part of what makes me me and why I think it's so important. Um, one of the things I want to see change in the sort of world of mental health is the way we're talking about it. So mm-hmm. when I get in front of a virtual group, you know, coffee break, conference speaking, whatever it is that I'm doing, there's none of this like I call fluff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's like everyone's out there talking about mental health like we need to exercise, we need to eat healthy. Yes, we do. Yeah. But we all already know that stuff. Yes. Yeah. So it's fine to know that stuff, but it's like, what happens when that's not working? Like, what yeah. does this actually look like in my day to day? Right. right. Yeah. And so for me, it's all of those experiences that I've gone through myself that I'm trying to bring to the table for other people. Absolutely. Right? I yeah. know I need to exercise. Cool. But yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. So then what? Right? Yeah. So then what? What does that actually look like? How do you get over those mental mountains? And yeah. that's what I'm trying to bring into the conversation more than I think is what's out there right yeah. now. And we both have that in common. Um, and I feel that that's what we're both trying to get across. And, um, you know, I wear a lot of hats within my business, but one of them too is normalizing this talk. And this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I do not believe that just having a poster up in a building saying this is mental health day is enough. If you're not taking care of your employees, if you are not actually taking anxiety, depression, uh, mental illness healthy, you are part of the problem. 
And I have had so many bad experiences with people not taking this serious, creating a culture that promotes burnout. And then when you get sick because of the burnout, backs are turned. That's not good enough. Yeah, I agree. And I will also say for anyone listening that's not aware, the symptoms of burnout are extremely similar to the symptoms of anxiety and depression. So a lot of the things that I described, um, it can be burnout, right? And I talk to a lot of professionals throughout my work so far. I train people from all across Canada in mental health first aid. I'm working with everyone from small um, startups, nonprofit groups, huge corporate groups, government employees, um, and so many professionals are being pushed to their limits. Yes. And I just feel that we are being reactive and not proactive. We are like, there is no surprise that mental health challenges are amongst everybody. Mental wellness is a thing that we all have, but I feel so many people are pushed to the extremes for the sake of external output, for money, for all these things. And until we back it up and look at human beings as a whole and actually really caring about our people, this is not going to go anywhere. It's going to stay the same. And I feel things are getting worse and worse. And the demands that are placed on everyone in general and our public, it's too much. I agree with everything you just said. And I also think sometimes we are our own worst enemy Mm -hmm. um, and we don't know how to draw a line or a boundary for fear of losing our jobs, Mm -hmm. not getting a promotion, you know, all of those things. But at the end of the day, we get one shot at this, right? And it's, I just go back. I know it's a little bit cliche. I actually have it on the wall behind me here or in front of me here. Like how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. Absolutely. And if we're spending our days mentally exhausted, physically exhausted, overworked, we don't have a quality of life. And it really bothers me that we have come to accept this as a norm You want to talk about a pandemic? We've had a pandemic before a pandemic, in my opinion, and we have got to change it and we have to change how we look at things. And I honestly thought that when the pandemic started, this was going to be our change. When people stopped and looked inwards and we realized for that very short period what was important, that we would see change. But we're gone right back in so many ways, forgetting about the things that are really important. And I think, too, that certainly the work from home for so many people, I think it has opened a lot of eyes. Um, I'm certainly seeing it in the people that are coming to my training or whose employers are sending them to my training. So we're like taking a baby step, maybe. Yeah. Um, That people realized when they got home with their small children in particular, which was my reality. Yeah. um, Like that was just chaos. Yeah. you know, and like, I'll just give an example. I, I certainly won't say any names, but <laughs> I have um, someone who uh, took mental health first aid training with me fairly early on. He's a professional mm-hmm. um, working in a very, you know, pretty high demand career. Um, I really like staying connected to people that are in the training with me. And I yeah. like, I'm using this example because he's male in particular. Yeah. Um, And I messaged him one day a little while ago and just said like, Hey, how's it going? Right. I knew that he had small kids 
And so he told me, oh, yeah, like my wife is a frontline worker in healthcare. I'm home with three kids under five or under six, whatever. It doesn't matter. And I'm working. And so it just makes you sit back and think like, I think, I think we've all had our eyes opened a lot, but it's like, this is not manageable. No, what are the effects that are going to come? And the other thing, and I'm really passionate about this. So I apologize. I hope I'm not putting you on the spot or making you with your strong views. Um, But like back to, you know, corporations, they're sending their employees to you, which is fantastic. It's a step in the right direction. But here's what's happening. In my opinion, it's almost like it's a checkbox. Got that done. They go back into the work environment. If nothing changes and if they're not able to get the support, what was the point? I agree. They learned of all the things that they need to do for their mental health. They go back to their workplace and it's almost like a slap in the face saying, oh, yeah, we know that's what you need to do, but we can't give it to you. We can't help you. So like, where are we going to make the changes that really matter and support our employees and support our family and the people that we love with mental health? It has to begin somewhere, but not as a checkbox, but as more of caring about the human first. I totally agree with you, Gina. And uh, I mean, I have a few thoughts about this. Um, I feel like we need to have podcast episode two. Um, or, um, We're gonna, it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> this needs to be talked about more. Um, I feel like we make change by making noise. Like that's kind of why I'm out there. Like not aggressive noise, but just yeah. like, I, like here I am and this is how it is, right? Like we're talking about it. Um, I agree. Like do not make mental health a checkbox. It is mm-hmm. not a checkbox. Um, and I say this in, in mental health first aid training all of the time too, like this is a tool for humans interacting with humans. We all have a brain. Therefore, we all have mental health. Yep. So my favorite thing to say is 10 out of 10 people have mental health. I agree 100%. Yep. You show me a person who doesn't have mental health, <laughs> like we all and- do. One thing we talk about in training too is mental health problems. And I will say to people, this might be an unpopular opinion and it is my own. It's not part of the training, but we all have mental health problems. It's not all like diagnosable. It's not always so severe that it's um, long lasting, Mm -hmm. but we all have, you know, extreme stressors in our life, at least at certain times in our lives, Uh we all go through things right? This is not something that you are immune to. This is something that affects everybody. Um, The way I like it is not thinking about it as like a mental illness, which is very real and impacts a lot of people. But to think about it as just mental health problems as something that we all go through and Mm -hmm. we all experience because we do. We do. Yeah. Oh, I could talk about this forever. And I'm not even joking about doing a part two because I feel that there's so much we need to talk about. But to take this and kind of make a little bit of a pivot for business owners, like if we have people who are listening who are business owners and they are actually in control over their own schedule because we just spend some time on like corporations and all that, which is where, you know, like I said, we need another podcast for that. But what would you recommend for business owners who have control over their day, but maybe putting too much on their plate, really busy, um, don't want to take the time for themselves. What advice would you give them? 
Cool. I love this question. I am actually so passionate about talking to and working with business owners. There's actually Canadian statistics that show that business owners, especially small business owners, Uh are at much greater risk of mental health challenges. Anyone who, who I I have a business background. So like this makes total sense to me. Uh Why would a business owner be at such greater risk? There's huge personal and financial risk for a lot of people. Usually there's very often long hours trying to do everything yourself, particularly if you're starting off or in the early stages of a business. Um, very often, a lot of people around you don't get it. They don't understand what you're trying to do, why you're working so friggin' hard. I have that experience in my own life, right? Yeah, I think we all um, do. <laughs> they don't understand business. Uh-huh. So we often feel isolated and alone. I could go on and on. Uh-huh. Uh, that statistic does not surprise me at all. But yet, my big challenge, what I've been encountering, is that business owners are not taking the time to think about their mental health and well-being because they're so busy. That's right. It's this cycle. (laughs) They're not prioritizing it as something that's being important. So I'm way passionate about talking Mm -hmm. about this. Um, What do we do? I see this all the time in our just local entrepreneur community. A lot of us know each other or have met each other before. It's like I see people adding so much to their plate. And it's like, I can do it. I can do it all, but I can't do it all right now. Exactly. That's been a big lesson for me too, right? It's like you have to prioritize. And I will often say to people, you are your business. Even if you have employees, you are the face of the business. You're running the business. The business exists because of you. So if you are suddenly not well, what happens to the business when you are the business, right? So if you're not well, and then the business is floundering because of that, that's not good. No. So the wellness has to be a priority. It has to be. And not when it's too late. Like I feel we wait too late. (laughs) And then our business will suffer and our family will suffer. You know, so it's, yeah, it's taking care of that. Because once you take care of you, you're taking care of your business. You take care of yourself and that takes care of your business. Um, And again, this is something that I've worked on for a while. So I understand If I take an hour, people will say, oh, I'm too busy. I don't have time to exercise. Like I can't fit it into my schedule. Oh, no, no, you can. That needs to be the first thing that That goes in the schedule, right? That's the first thing. That's the non-negotiable thing. Whatever that looks like for you. Is it going for a walk? Is it doing a virtual boot camp? Is it swimming? Is it yoga? I don't know. Whatever Whatever, it is. Yeah, (laughs) whatever works for you, do it. And spending that time to focus on your mind. And then everything else falls into place. And it's really easy to ignore, Gina. I I don't even want to pretend that it's not because that wouldn't be real. And no. we're keeping it real. That's right. <laughs> um, but this is the thing that I wish people knew, right? If you look after yourself, we have more energy. Mm-hmm. We can more creatively problem solve. And be more creative in the process of whatever your niche is for your business. We are more patient to deal yes. with 
stressful things that come up through exactly. our day. And I'll actually give a shout out to one of your previous um, podcast episodes. I loved um, listening to Caitlin Noseworthy talk about how she was yeah. managing her team and how in the beginning she was frustrated when people like, you know, needed to take a day to themselves and whatever. And I loved listening to that, right? I was yeah. like, she's on a mental health journey herself as a business owner and also for how to support other people, right? It's but like, it's and so then- important. Yeah. And she talked about incorporating meditation and other things into their mornings, which I loved. And so that was a great episode. So if anyone hasn't listened to it, come back. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I always have that mental health lens on things, right? It's like we prioritize that and then the other things fall into place. And then it's like we we make everything urgent. We do. I, I also think it's like asking yourself. How urgent is this? Is this like a today thing or what is the most urgent thing today? And just focus on that. Yeah, I had a mentor of mine very early into my career um, as a teacher. Um, Everything was urgent. Like I worked way too hard. And I remember he looked at me one time and he said, Gina, there are no emergencies in education. And I have carried that with me, even though I did have burnout after that. But when I had my burnout, I remembered him saying that to me and I adopt that now in my business. Um, but back to um, making that time for yourself, I'll share a tip that I use because it, it has been a game changer for me. On Sundays, I carve out 20 minutes for me to plan my week. I have non-negotiables that I do every day that I do first thing in the morning. And that is the very first thing that goes in my schedule. I have a rule that I go with my schedule first and then whatever else I have to do fills in that. Then what I do is I do something called the power of threes where I take a small sticky note and I write down three things that I need to get done for that day. When I was a teacher, I would call them must-dos and may-dos. So my kids knew these are the things that you must get done today. If you get these done, then the may-dos are gravy, like they're extra. And that has been a game changer for me to make sure I don't fall back because I don't know about you, but since I've experienced burnout, um, my threshold is way lower and my body will start giving me signals if I work too much. I still struggle with with it to this day because like you, I'm an overachiever. I just want to help everybody. I have this mission and those goals that drive me. So it's really easy for me to sit down and to go, oh my goodness. Another thing that I do is I set alarms in my phone. So um, because I have a tendency to do that every hour, I will have a movement break. And I say I manage my energy, not my time, because if I manage my time, it gets out of control. So every hour, that seems to be the sweet spot for me. And every hour I get up, I move, I go have a dance party with Dwayne, I'll do some stretching, I'll go have a cuddle with Ella, and then I'll come back. And it allows my energy to be at a peak that's sustainable for what I need to achieve. And it really I love works. your I love your dance parties. <laughs> um, the other thing I, I love all of that. It's such great tips. And I think I'll I'll just add one other thing yeah. if I can. Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of us may also have a tendency like we could schedule it uh-huh. and then we're putting ourselves low on the priority list. And so then we'll schedule over it. Nuh-uh, no, mm. you have to have the discipline. Yes. And I'm going to say a word that people are not going to like the selfishness. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm all about changing that word too. Maybe we can talk about that, but yeah, you've got to put yourself first And if people try to come at you with like, oh, let's meet at this time. Nope, sorry, I'm not free at that time. 
Yeah. Like, and don't, don't tell them why. You no! think And I feel we feel the need to explain. No, like, don't be afraid. Like that word, no, has been so empowering for me. And that no, oh, but because blah, blah, blah. It's no, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Yep. Or like, no, I'm not available at that time. Here's a couple of other times that I am available. Would those work for you? The perfect. end. And if the answer is no, okay, maybe we'll have to do it next week. Bottom line. Like yeah, there's no, absolutely. there's no, there's no taking my time because I've already done that for 30 odd years. And I know what happens when I give that time. So I am non-negotiable now with those as well. Yeah. And um, if people want to work with you, they'll be totally accommodating. I think that's the part that a lot of people don't realize. It's like, if someone's coming to you, they might act like it's urgent and important on their end. Yes. But if they want it, they'll wait. Yeah. And I feel yeah. too, as business owners, where we have the control of our schedule, we tend to over accommodate. But um, if you were going to book an appointment with your dentist or with your doctor, you are given the times and you go and you make it work. So if there's people that are listening that are small business owners or have control over their schedule and you have a tendency to work from seven to like 12 o'clock at night to accommodate everybody else's, you really need to kind of take some of your power back and go, if they really want to, they'll make it work. I can't imagine calling my dentist and say, oh, I can't make it that time. Can you change your schedule? No. <laughs> it's the same with anything, right? Like anything that we really place a lot of value on. Like mm. think about all the people who couldn't get their hair done during COVID, right? I use that yeah. as an example, <laughs> right? When your stylist calls you up and they tell you the time, oh, I am moving. I've just done this actually. Um, I've I missed my hair appointment, and um, like when they come back with a time, I am moving <laughs> mountains to go with that time. I'm not even suggesting another time back. It's no. like, oh, I already had like reschedule everything around <laughs> the hair appointment because so, it's like, important to you. You got to put the value where the value yeah. is. Exactly. And a lot of people don't put the value in themselves. Um, and if that's happening and you're, you know, you're listening and you're like, I just can't find the time, then finding the time to work on those mental blocks is even more important because somewhere along the line, you have lost that self-worth where you don't think that you're worthy. I believe that everyone has time. Yep. For the things that are most important. We don't have more than 24 hours in a day. Yep. Right. But everybody has time for how we choose to use the time. And so if you're, you know, I've gone through lots of busy periods where it's like, oh, I don't have time for this. This, this was yeah. my mantra for many years of my life. We all have time. Yeah. And it's what importance you place on that time. Yeah. Right. And trying to be as consistent as you can with that, because um, sometimes I hear, well, you know what, Monday, I made 30, you know, made 30 minutes for myself uh, and Gina, it's not working. And then it's like, well, no, if you give it that one shot, like it's taken you years to get where you are. A one timer is not going to undo all of that. Um, and I'm going to say one more thing about consistency and then we'll, I want you to go back to um, the selfishness. But we all use this escape um, for consistency. And we say, I can't be consistent. I'm not consistent. And I was listening to a podcast the other day. And for the life of me, I cannot remember who it was. So I cannot give credit, but I will try and find it. Maybe um, we'll find it and put it in the show notes, hey? Yes, absolutely. But they were talking about consistency. And he said, you don't have a consistency problem. And I was like, oh, I was intrigued. 
And he asked the audience and he said, how many people here go to a job nine to five every single day that they do not enjoy? All the hands went up. He said, how many people here, uh, maybe moms, he said, who change diapers on a daily basis (laughs) and you really don't want to? (laughs) Hands went up and he went through a few more examples and he said, you do not have a consistency problem. You were showing up consistently for things all day long. It's a value problem that you have in terms, you value those things more than the things that light you up. Ooh, that's powerful, Gina. You got to find out what that is because I want to listen to it. I was going to say who I think it is, is not who it is. Um, (laughs) Oh, uh, Sheldon. Uh, uh, oh my goodness. I will find it after Shelton. Um, I know what you're talking about. Do it now. I'm not going to be able to say it. Trent Shelton. Trent Shelton is who said it. Yes. And yes. he has an amazing podcast too. If you're looking for a new podcast, that's really uplifting. Um, and it was like, no, it's true. Like we all, we got consistency down. We've been doing things consistently for years, but those things have not been serving us. And the reason why is if you think about it, The consequence that comes with that consistency is what pushes them. So if you are showing up nine to five for a job that you really don't like, the consequence is if you don't show up, you get fired. Yeah. The consequence of not changing a crappy diaper is, well, we all know what that is. So we've attached value mistakenly, in my opinion, to this consequence, but we haven't learned the value of the consequence of when you don't take care of yourself. And I think that's where the problem lies there. I think anyone who's gone through it, anyone who's really burnt out, anyone who's had physical consequences. uh, I've talked to so many professionals who've had panic attacks on vacation. That's a recurring theme, by the way. Um, You know, when you've experienced the consequences of that, suddenly that's like the wake up call. But I wish we didn't have to get to that point. Right. Me too. And I I remember very early on uh, and I shared this on a previous podcast, but very early on, when I hit my rock bottom, I made a choice that I was going to help other people not reach the point that I did. And I see so many people walking around that I can see myself in them. And I don't want them to have to go through what I did in order to say, oh, shit, I should have taken care of myself. Yeah. You know, and it's a passion of mine to help people to implement these tips, tools, strategies that I teach to help them, to prevent it, to make this space, to challenge their thoughts, to challenge their status quo that they're living. That doesn't mean leaving your nine to five, by the way, but it means looking at how we're living our lives and questioning it and saying, why am I so exhausted? Yeah. Listening to ourselves. Yeah. You know, so I think that's so important. And I think it comes back to, I love that you're trying to change this word selfishness because I don't know where we lost the value of taking care of ourselves and how that has been deemed selfish because we show up so much better for the people we love when we take care of ourselves. Tell me how you feel about that word. Oh, I love the word selfish. I like throwing it around all over the place and it really makes people uncomfortable. It does. I'm I'm here for it. It's like, (laughs) and I think as women in particular, we've been taught that we put ourselves last. No time for that to be over. Exactly. I am a, and I'll just use my children as an example, because I think that's a lot of the time where people feel selfish. Um, Oh, I genuinely believe that I am an awesome, caring mother and I can make time for myself. Yes. And 
with the time for myself, I can then be a even more awesome, caring mother. So my children know that I say no to them sometimes. Um, I'm like, nope, this is mommy time. This is quiet time. Please leave my room and close the door on your way out. (laughs) We have those conversations. And a lot of people will say, oh, that's selfish, taking time for yourself or just leaving the house and having time to myself. I'm so here for it. And I believe, really genuinely believe that I am teaching them that it's important to have time to look after yourself, to be your own person. Yeah. And then I spend other time with them, quality time. I don't need to be catering to their needs 24-7. My children are nine right now and five. Um, They are capable of doing some things on their own as well. And I think we've come into this generation where it's like we're really just doing everything for other people in our lives. It's like, um, no, like you can, you can get that yourself. Like, why are we, I I don't know. I read things about, you know, generational differences and stuff where a generation or so ago, like people weren't catering to their kids at all. And I know I'm using the kids as an example and not everybody has children. For some people it's other things, but it's just sort of like, yeah, I'm here for them and I spend time with them and we do all kinds of cool and fun things together but they're also fully capable of being their own people and learning their own identities and how they do things. And then they're learning from me how to, you know, create a life where you also have time to be your own person and have space Uh to yourself. Yeah. I could not agree more. And my daughter is full, like she's grown (laughs) and I want her to be able to say, no, I want her to be able to say, this is my time. I want her to be able to draw the line in the sand for people in her life. And I feel like that's how we learn is through the people we love. And we are teaching them how to put the boundaries in place, how to take care of their mental health. But I've said this to a client uh, recently, um, and she was really struggling with mom guilt. And she was like, I can't do this. You know, I don't want to leave my kids. And I said, let's fast forward to the age of 25, 30, and your daughter comes to you and says to you, mom, I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. I can't make any time for myself. I feel anxious. I feel depressed. And I asked her, and this is a tough question, but I said, can you imagine how she would have been able to cope better if you taught her those things? How do we teach? We lead by example. Mm-hmm. You know, so they, we learn by watching the people around us do. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you have that mom guilt, like you are teaching your children, these lifelong skills that could have a huge impact. I wish that I had the tools that I have now when I was a child, I don't think I would have had burnout. If I would have learned the word no and knew my worth and didn't have to people please in order to get that, I wouldn't have had my burnout. You know, if I would have known that it's important for me to take care of myself and I knew these tools early on, I wouldn't have probably hit my rock bottom. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's difficult if we have people in our life, in our ears yeah, saying, no, you have to put them first. You, you don't get to put yourself first because they've been taught yeah. that or whatever. We can break the mold there. And um, yeah, I think I wouldn't be me. And, you know, a whole part of this whole mental wellness thing is to teach younger kids that it's okay to 
take a break. It's okay to take time for yourself. It's okay to have quiet time if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, We're not being taught self-regulation anymore, you know? So allowing your child to actually take a moment to be by themselves, to understand their feelings, like that's a beautiful gift. And being a teacher, I've seen a huge change in the students and how they're able to regulate their emotions, how they're able to cope with stress, how they're able to actually navigate these challenging uh, situations. So it's giving them a little bit more power. And realistically, if we look back like several years ago, our parents, they were not um, catered. They didn't, you know, like their parents had their time. I'm going to play cards on Sunday. Here you go, go play in the corner. So I don't know what happened within the last 50, 60 years, but we've made this huge shift. um, And we really need to refocus on mental wellness and taking the time for ourselves. Yeah. And I love the setting leading by example. So they see, oh, okay. Like it's okay to have your own time and be Mm -hmm. your own person. Um, and you know, if people are out there and think that my approach to that is harsh, I, you know, respectfully disagree. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I I do make that time. I take that and I, I call it selfish, but in the the best kind of way, just take the ugliness out of selfish and it's just making time for yourself and put those boundaries up. Right. And you know, one thing that will come up because I've heard it before, it's more challenging for anyone who's a single parent, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, or anyone who's on their own and kudos to you. Um, and that might take a little bit of extra effort and coordination and is maybe even more important. Oh right? my gosh, they're doing everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it'd be interesting because kids are so observant. It'd be interesting if you asked your kids and you did like a little test um, mom before when she came home and didn't have energy for anybody and mom now who takes 30 minutes to herself. And then when she is there with them, she's present, she's fun, she's engaging. It'd be interesting to say, would you want mom to do these things? I guarantee you it will be a big yes. Yes, absolutely. That's all they want is our yeah. presence, right? They yeah. want our presence. And you know what? My kids are my best teachers sometimes. Yeah. They remind me, um, it's hilarious, you know, kind of to me. The last couple of months have been extremely busy for me, right? Yeah. I've been trying to clue up a full-time job plus do um my work full-time and parent and all of the other things. So I'm not even going to pretend that that hasn't been extremely difficult for me. And it's been very hard work, but it was short-term pain, I call it. But they're great reminders. Mom, you're on your phone, right? They're at that age where they will remind me, mom, why are you on your phone when we're doing this? Because again, I'm not perfect. No, um, mom, well, you have introduced that. What I see oh, yeah. in that is that you have yeah. introduced <laughs> that rule and they see the value in you not being on your phone. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yesterday afternoon, actually, my nine-year-old and I were playing a board game and it was an exciting day because it was my last day of work and I had posted on it and a lot of people were leaving me comments, which felt really good. And so I was like looking at the phone and she was like, yeah. mom we're playing. You're not supposed to have your phone in your hand. And I was like, Oh yeah, thanks for the reminder. And also they'll call me out on my BS. Like I love um, it. (laughs) they'll say, so my five-year-old a week or so ago, I had told them I'm on a call for work, which I have. 
when I get off this call, we'll do, I can't even remember what I promised them that we would do. Right. But when I get off this call, we'll do something. And then I got distracted and I got on another call for some reason. I don't even remember why. And he marched in, mom, you told us that when you got off this last (laughs) call and now you're on another call. And I was like, dude, you know what? You are right. So I, I think, yeah, yeah, I love them, right? They're great yeah. accountability partners, they are. Um, but they'll call me out. And then we have to listen to that, right? It's like, they're yeah. telling us something and yeah. we can either brush it off or we can choose to listen. Yeah. And be present. I love that. We just need to be more present in our life all around. Well, I'm telling you, that was amazing. And I'm not even kidding when I say we're going to do round two of this. There's so much more of this that needs to be talked about. And I feel like you and I can start changing and making some waves together. Yes, that would Um, be amazing. And I hope everybody who's listening, like, tell us, tell us what you want to talk about or what you want to know more about, because that would be amazing. There's so many things we could talk about. Absolutely. That's a great suggestion. So if you're listening and you're like, Ooh, I want to learn about this, or can you talk about that? Or um, whatever, reach out to me and yes, and let me know. So we're going to start now with a little bit of fun. It's my most favorite part, even though everything about that I freaking loved and I could talk about this to the cows come home, but we're going to end with some rapid fire questions. <laughs> Everybody gets so nervous at this point, but if you could talk about everything we just talked about, this is easy peasy. So it's just rapid fire, whatever comes to your mind. I'll do are my you, best. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Okay. Who's your favorite spice girl? Oh gosh, uh, sporty. Nachos or tacos? Nachos, hundred percent. Mm, you're my spirit animal. I will eat nachos every, literally every night. I'm like, can we make nachos tonight? The same <laughs> way. We should go for nachos. Um, a nickname you used to have or you still have? Oh gosh, um, really close people call me Allie, and only there's only very specific people that I allow to call me that. If you call me Allie as a stranger, I am having none of it. <laughs> I love it. If you could travel back in time, where would you go? Ah, um, oh my gosh, um, oh, you know what? I'm really into the twenties. I think oh. I'd go. Yeah. I yeah. I think just that, that whole flapper girl kind of speakeasy kind of vibe. I always love like watching that in movies and stuff. Oh. I don't know. This is, this is hard. No, there's no <laughs> wrong answer. Absolutely no wrong answer. Um, say a word in French and it cannot be bonjour. Oh, je m'appelle Allison. Yes. My daughter's in French immersion. So. Oh, really? I can say a full paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite Harry Potter character? Hermione Granger. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Um, what's your favorite word? Oh, oh. Um, I'm going to say empower right now. What's your favorite go-to dance song? I don't have any one. I'll usually put on, um, so like I'm a 90s kid, yeah. um, 80s and 90s. So yeah. I, like when I was in high school, like, mid 90s like that's the kind of stuff I'll usually go for but I don't have anything in particular I'll usually just put on Spotify like 90s or 2000s playlist and then I'll go for that yeah awesome if you could have one superpower what would it be flying texting or talking talking 150,000 percent morning person or night person Mm. 
<laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of neither. <laughs> Actually, I've talked to you about this yeah. before. Sorry, this is not very rapid <laughs> fire. Okay. But I've always told myself that I'm not a morning person. Yeah. Which is something that I'm working on. Um, I actually believe that I'm better in the morning once I'm up. Okay. Like I, I definitely think way more clear. I have better ideas. Like yeah. in the night, in the night, I'm in like my wind down phase. But it sometimes it takes me a while to get awake enough. But I right. definitely do all my best work. I have my best energy in the morning. So I'm working okay. on that whole thing of me yeah. telling myself that I'm not a morning person. But you are a morning person. Yeah, I am a morning person. I actually think I wrote it on a sticky note and put it on my yeah, mirror. I, I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you could um, describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Genuine, passionate loyal Mm, those are three good words if you were stranded on a tropical island what are two things you would want to have with you you already have the basics but two things you would want to have with you books i love reading yeah um is there rules around this or can i just say anything say whatever you want (laughs) um books and sunscreen ah tea or lattes Oh gosh. I'm a coffee and a tea person, yeah. but I'll say I'll say tea. That would be my more of a daily go-to. Cats yeah. or dogs? Dogs. Eat out or dine in? What? To <laughs> <laughs> get take out or dine in? Oh, dine in, dine in, 100%. Yeah. Climb a mountain or jump from a plane? <laughs> Climb a mountain. I love hiking. I it. If you were really hungry, would you eat a bug? Oh. Uh, maybe. Oh, what kind of bug is it? <laughs> a juicy one. Ah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if I was gonna, like, if I was gonna starve and die, maybe yes. Okay. Are you spontaneous, or do you like to plan things out? Oh no, I am a planner. <laughs> would, you, would you rather be able to speak every language in the world, or be able to speak to animals? Oh. I think I'd like to be able to communicate with people more. So I think I would go with the languages. Like it. And what's the, this is a little bit more serious, but what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten that you wish you knew earlier? Oh, that's a good one. I think I can relate it back to business and yeah. it's, ju- it's just start. Just start. Just love that. start doing the things to get you where you want to go. And you'll figure the rest out. <laughs> and my, my, just my little silly thing that my just start is usually buying domain names. <laughs> That's a good I'll, start. Yeah. I'll joke. I, I have several actually that I'm not using yet. Yes. So I, I will jokingly write my friends and be like, I'm yeah. buying domain names because when I get a good idea. Yeah. Um, I'm like, oh, this needs something. Um, so I have a couple that are not in use yet, but that I own. And, um, when I first started out on this journey, when I was like, oh, I'm going to do something with mental health, I'm going to speak, I'm going to consult. I don't actually know what this is going to look like yet, but my, my just start was I bought my name as a domain name. That was my just start. And I had it and I was like, okay, we're going somewhere. Step one. Oh, I love that. And you're right. It's just start. 
Well, Alice, this has been absolutely amazing. I'm so happy you came on. You have so much knowledge that needs to be out to the world. Um, for all those people who are listening, where can they find you? Well, I'm in many places on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so a couple of places I'm very active on Instagram. I share a lot of my story there. So you can find me at Allison Butler NL and my name, Allison has one L A L I S O N. I also have a website, the one I just talked about with my domain <laughs> name, which is allisonbutler.ca. Um, and you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Allison Butler Consulting on Facebook. I'm everywhere, but probably the most active on Instagram. I love that. And I share a lot of my personal story, my journey, tips for people. So I love Amazing. engaging and interacting with people there. And I, like, I love connecting with people genuinely, like, yeah. like reach out and like, let's talk about the things. I'm the exact same way. Well, guys, go and follow her, check her out, sign up for one of her courses. You're absolutely going to love everything this woman puts out into the world. So Allison, before we go, do you have one last gold nugget that you could share with our listeners to leave a pep in their step and just help them have a fantastic fantastic day. Um, do something today that brings you joy. Yes. Just go and do something like think about, you know, we spend so much time looking after other people, just sit back for five minutes in your car. I don't care. Yeah. Just sit back. And what would be fun? Is it yes. listening to it? Like, is it listening to a song? Is it, you know, reading for five minutes? What is it for you? What would be yeah. fun? And do it. Who cares about what other people think? I love it. Do something like most of us are not having enough fun in our no. lives, That's... including me. And I'm still working yeah. on it. But do something that'll bring you joy and make you feel silly and happy today. Yes. Do it. Laugh until you pee in your pants. <laughs> well, Allison, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. You're amazing. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I hope you came away with some tangible tools to help you improve your mental health or the mental health of someone you love. And if you're looking to dive even deeper on any mindset work or hone in on some of the strategies that we talked about, I have a really fantastic course that can help you transition your mindset to one that's unstoppable, to one that allows you to set boundaries in place, to step into your confidence and to overcome fears that may be coming up into your life. So if that interests you, head on over to the show notes and take a look at the link. It is a $27 course that takes you through five lessons on how to create this unstoppable mindset. Also, if you're new to the podcast, welcome, welcome. And if you feel so inclined, I would really appreciate it if you left me a five-star review, share this with a friend, or tag someone that could really use this knowledge. Thank you for supporting the Keeping It Real podcast. Your time means the world to me. I hope you have the best day, and thank you for keeping it real.